Bitcoin has been down 70% from the top, but where can we go from here? Is Bitcoin now at the bottom? Well, Richard has been very vocal and critical about Bitcoin, calling it a piece of trash, garbage assets. What exactly does that mean? Richard, welcome back to the show. I would like to say for the record that on the uh, last appearance here, I said that uh, Bitcoin was going down to 10K. So far, it's yeah. only dropped 75%, 10% shy of my 85% target. Uh, the price was uh, 65K at that top. Now the price has been down to 17,600. You must have, went, went back in, okay, let's revisit that call and then we'll talk about the sure. future. Now, you must have back then, we spoke exactly a year ago, actually. I think it was last summer we had you on the show and you were, yes, you, you were calling for Bitcoin to fall by 80%. I remember that. And you know, we'll play a clip of what you said exactly. And you said that nice. it would go down to 10K. And uh, because yep. you've said that in previous cycles, Bitcoin usually performs poorly after it's made a top. So you've actually yes. correctly called the top. Uh, nope. You've actually set that right before I went to the top. So Bitcoin kept climbing a little bit after you made that call. Anytime we get one of these big run-ups, which by the way is usually following by a crash, which I think we are due for the rest of the crash. We're already down half. I think we'll go down another 75% to an 85% total drop. I think okay. Bitcoin will tap $10,000 from its high of 65,000 because that's okay. what it normally does. It drops 85%. But eventually it did come down. You must have 6%. saw- it made a 6% higher high Jewish candle that was bought on leverage. So instead of what happened was the market participants didn't want to do the normal blow off top with the 85% dump. They believed in the super cycle. And so with leverage, Michael Saylor took on leverage, Three Arrows Capital took on leverage, all these lending companies like uh, Celsius, they also took on leverage. People don't realize it, but loans are leverage. You're doing stuff with money that you don't really have, right? Like you're just delaying the sell. And once the price drops low enough, you have to get liquidated. And then that's the real sell. So when you encumber your assets, that's the virtual sell. And when you get liquidated, that's the real sell. And so they bought a double top. It's the first time in Bitcoin's history it's ever done a double top. And now Michael Saylor's at a loss. Michael Saylor, the guy who everyone gave their money to, the opposite of why Bitcoin was invented, they gave their money to Michael Saylor who maybe can buy Bitcoin with it, maybe not. It's really up to him. It's not like the Bitcoin Investment Trust where they have to buy Bitcoin with it. He can do whatever he wants with the money, I think. Check the docs. It's not a trust company. And by the way, his coin went down 90%. His MicroStrategy Inc. went down 90%. Coinbase's stock went down 90%. Hex, after a 95% dip, is still up a quarter of a million percent mm -hmm. from January 5th of 2020. Um, we're going to... So, yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna touch on all that in just a big. But all I those guys have to the, get liquidated. All those guys have to get liquidated. That double top that they bought delayed, so we could have already dipped down to 10k yeah. and been going back up. But instead, they bought a fake new high. They got everyone that's a breakout trader wrecked when they bought the slightly higher high of six percent from 65 to 69, and then it went down to 17600. And now three RS Capital is liquidated. He's got more followers than me. He's bankrupt. Uh, this guy, Raul Paul, who was irresponsibly long Ethereum, his words, the largest trade of his life, all his options he bought expired worthless. I told him, ladies, liquors, and leverage is how you get wrecked. That's how smart people go broke. Ladies, liquor, and leverage. Michael Saylor took on leverage. He's down, I believe, 30% on his Bitcoin stack. The government of El Salvador is down. Uh, ARK Invest, down. Everybody's wrecked but me. I Where? called the top on the day. 
Oh, hold up. We're not even five minutes into the interview. You've already made a list of enemies now. <laughs> it's just like a hey guys, the chart doesn't picking. lie, right? Like winners and losers, they're bankrupt. Well, Celsius is bankrupt. Three Arrows Capital is bankrupt. Yeah. Sailor lost money. El Salvador lost money. Richard Hart doing great. Loving okay. life. Well, um, that's great that you're loving life, but a lot of people in crypto, <laughs> a lot of people in cryptos uh, aren't loving life right now uh, because of exactly the market action. So let, let let me just go back to the market action. You must have seen some market forces or macro forces that would push Bitcoin and the other cryptos down eventually, right? I mean, or, sure. or were you basing uh, your analysis you purely on technicals? No, both. I'm a technical analyst and a fundamental analyst. Okay. I'm, I've been in this market since 2011. I've, my price calls are amazing. I make very, very few of them. And that's it's a lot easier to get it right when you, you're not getting chopped up by just noise. So zoom out, longer time frame stuff. When hasn't Bitcoin done an 85% drop? It always does. It always has. Why would it stop? Everyone thinks this time is different. Nope, this time's not different. Well, uh, Institutional money's here. Yeah, they all got wrecked. As a matter of fact, ARK Invest that bought Coinbase at 250 just dumped most of their holdings at 50 today or, or last night. So that lady got wrecked. Like, I just, it's a, I'm surrounded by wrecked fools everywhere that have more followers than me. It just drives me crazy. <laughs> oh God, um, okay. <laughs> All right. We're going we're gonna to talk about uh, uh, getting wrecked in just a bit. Uh, yeah. Okay, Richard. So Bitcoin's down about 70, 75%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hex is also down a lot, though. We'll, we'll talk yeah, about sure. that. But first, yeah. okay, so like I said in the beginning, this is the uh, second quarter GDP came out today. We're technically in a recession. Bitcoin, no crypto has experienced a recession before because yeah. Bitcoin was invented after the last great yeah. recession. Uh, let's yeah. not count 2020. That was you know, technically just a blip. Didn't last very long. So how is Bitcoin going to perform now that it's going to experience its first full recession? Bitcoin is directly correlated with the stock market. The stock market is inversely correlated with interest rates. As interest rates rise, stocks go down. As stocks go down, Bitcoin goes down. When Bitcoin goes down, most other cryptocurrencies go down as well. The first time Bitcoin dropped from 65K to 17.5, Hex went up 30X. The second time Bitcoin dropped, Hex went down with it. Now, I think that's because we have some other cyclical things that were going on and it's just kind of bad timing that they aligned mm -hmm. um, because we're, you know, you can't do a 30x when something else drops in price half. That's a 60x right. better performance unless you're decorrelated. Right. But, you know, now it appears correlated. So it's like as long as they're raising interest rates, stocks will go down. Consumer spending will go down, especially luxury goods. I called the, the Rolex. I've got $10 million of watches. Uh, this is a million dollar Rolex Daytona Rainbow. You know, I called the top on the day. So this was a million dollar watch, still is a million dollar watch, but if you really bargain hunt it, you can get this for 850 right now. There's one for sale for 850. So, you know, the, here's the thing that people don't understand. If the investment that you have drops 20%, but all the stuff that you want to buy drops 20%, you broke even. If the investment that you had went up 20%, but all the stuff you want to buy went up 20%, you broke even. And so it really matters is the ratio of what you're holding versus the stuff that you want to buy. And so when I see figures come out of the government, you know, a funny quote is that figures don't lie, but liars figure. I don't believe their statistics. I don't think inflation is as low as they've been saying it is. And I don't really care about this, uh, you know, GDP growth or not growth. 
it's too weird and too wide. And how does that affect me? I care about Ferrari prices, Rolex prices. You know, I don't know what a gallon of milk costs. I'm too rich to care anymore. But I care about what luxury goods cost. And I care about what crypto costs. Because, you know, people talk about stocks. I mean, look, Ethereum went up like 16 or 17% today. X is up 20% on the week. Why would anyone care about stocks when you've got the gains available in cryptocurrency, the best performing asset class that's ever existed that can put you truly in charge of your money with no middlemen, no counterparty risk? Now, a lot of people don't use it that way. They give their keys to someone else, so I beg them not to. So, you know, whenever people ask me about like, oh, should I mortgage or rent? I'm like, who cares? Crypto, rent, crypto, like, because the the bottom will be found. Eventually they will, after they've got, after they've raised rates for long enough, eventually they'll start printing money again. And when they do, all the risk on assets are going to shoot right up and crypto is going to shoot up the hardest. And by okay. the way, as, as far as drops go, people screw this up all the time in crypto and it drives me wild. They hide. Remember how I said figures don't lie, but liars figure? Here's this misleading garbage that I see from the media and the idiots in the cryptocurrency space constantly. They talk about the drops, okay? Bitcoin dropped 75, Ethereum dropped 85, Hex dropped 95. Cool, great. To any new person, that sounds like a terrible investment. But wait a second, how much are they up? Well, I don't know. When I was mining Bitcoin, they were 50 cents. When I bought Bitcoin, it was $30. Well, now they're $22,000. But what about that 85% drop? Well, you see, let's take a 90% drop. A 90% drop only cancels out a 10X. So if you go up 10X and drop 90%, you're back where you started. Well, Hex went up 10,000X. And so if it drops 90%, it only cancels out 10X. It did a 10,000X. Bitcoin did a 690,000X. Ethereum did a 14,000X. Like... Actually, I think Bitcoin did a 69,000x. It only went up 690 million percent. So True, it went from, let's say, a penny to 69,000. So it'd be 69,000 times uh, 100. Anyway, it all depends on when these you drops don't matter. It, it, all, it all depends yeah, on when like, you bought in, right? I mean, I mean we, last year we were talking, and uh, I mean, if you had bought it in hex at exactly when we talked last year, you would be down. Yeah, but that's, that's what crypto does. I'm the guy right. that popularizes the 85 and 95% dips because they're on the chart. That, sure. Volatility is the price you pay for the best performing asset in history. If you have a very, very short time horizon, you can get wrecked in any speculative instrument. I mean, what? Amazon's down 20, 30, 40, 50%. Yeah. Is Amazon a scam? Amazon went down 95% in the year 2000. Is it a scam? No. Like volatility is is a function of the humans. The price volatility is not something you can program away. It's humans thinking something's worth more and then they think it's worth less. It has nothing to do with the actual product. It has nothing yeah. to do with the coin. It's a function of human psychology. They want when, it when the price is going up and the price goes down, they want to sell the bottom. Going back to your previous statement, why would anyone care about stocks? Well, you were amusing. It wasn't a statement. You were kind of questioning why people would care about stocks. Well, mm-hmm. we have had a history of some certain sectors in the stock market performing very well during a recession. For example, during 2008, discount stores did very well. Dollar Tree was up 80%, or sorry, 60% on the year. Walmart was up 20%. I'm just looking at some of the numbers here. And so didn't some- Walmart just get killed? Like, didn't Walmart stock just take a huge dip like yesterday? Well, everything's down, but I mean, during a recession, I mean, this was, this was during the 2008 recession, 
some stocks did well. So do you think then that maybe cryptos can outperform stock? Let me just ask you this. Can cryptos outperform the stock market in this recession? A hundred percent. Yeah, they can. You just have to get the right one. That's the trick with crypto is if you bought Bitcoin, Bitcoin is now roughly the same price that it was five years ago. So you could have bought Bitcoin for $20,000 in 2017 at the end, which is basically 2018. Or you could buy it for 22K today, or if you a week ago, you could have bought it for 20K. So you waited five years for the same price. Same with gold. Gold's the same. Gold's cheaper now than it was 10 years ago. So with gold, you got wrecked. With Bitcoin, you got wrecked if you bought the previous tops on either of those things. But uh, you know, if you look at a longer time horizon, you can't. Why would you care about an 85% dip and not look at it as an opportunity when these things go up thousands, hundreds, tens of X? So like, yes, Bitcoin has dropped 85% three or four or five times, but it went up 690 million percent. Right. And so people always leave out the how far up, even Dogecoin, right? Dogecoin is bad technology. It's just a meme. It was literally invented as a joke in an afternoon, literally. And you're still up massively compared to Bitcoin, <laughs> even after it dropped 85%. <laughs> you're like, but people are too stupid to zoom out and go back so and look at the history. We've got some We've got some questions, so like I said, we'll, we'll switch up the format a little bit. I'm going to interject sure. my questions with the audience questions. So uh, this one came in from uh, David Fetter. He asked, uh, what is your forecast for the next year on the macroeconomic landscape? Uh, so like I said, recession. Is this going to be a severe recession, Richard, or is this going to be a mild one? Yep. Are we going to recover very quickly, like in 2020? I don't know. Those okay. things I don't know. Fair enough. And, and I, I, I'm not sure those things are knowable. Uh, I think as far as prices go, they will eventually stop raising rates. When they do that, it's going to let all the risk on assets start going up. Crypto will go up the most. Okay. As long as you have a 30% discount on grayscale Bitcoin, which holds 3% of all the Bitcoin, you are not going to get a bull market. And right now, the grayscale discount is like 32 or 33%. So you can give grayscale money for fake Bitcoin they really hold it. They really have it. What do you mean proven. fake Bitcoin? Well, it's encapsulated. You can't redeem it. So if Grayscale is a trust company that holds 3% of all the Bitcoin, they've mm -hmm. got like a hundred and I don't remember how many coins, but it's 3% of the total stack. Maybe it's like 270,000 coins or something. And they've got uh, a trust company that holds them and they charge like 2% override fee a year. So they make like $600 million a year net just sitting on everyone else's Bitcoin, which is a pretty good deal for them. And uh, you can buy shares in their company that don't give you any right to the underlying Bitcoin. Yeah. But, you know, they really hold it. And so, and, and usually their stuff trades at a premium as well. Usually it trades at like a 20% premium historically. So this 30% uh, uh, deficit is the highest it's ever been. 34, like 34.07, I think was the max so far, maybe mm -hmm. a couple months ago. So now my, my thesis is, how did they get 3% of all the Bitcoin? Because Legacy has so much money to shove into their regulatory arbitrage uh, publicly traded vehicle on OTCQX bulletin board. 
And there's a lot of people with their LP agreements that are restricted that they can't just buy currency and they can't just buy speculative stuff, but they can buy a stock. So they like, that's why there's so much money in Grayscale because there's a lot of companies that want uh, exposure to crypto, but can't get it any other way. It sounds like I'm giving a Grayscale ad here. Listen, guys, if you're giving someone else your money, that's the opposite of why crypto was invented. Crypto is invented so that you hold your own keys and there's no middlemen and no counterparty risk. So yeah. as long as you can buy Grayscale quote Bitcoin shares in the Grayscale company that holds 3% of all Bitcoin for a 30% discount, and it usually trades at a 20% premium, money will go there. It won't go to spot. Spot will keep dropping. Yeah. And then you could literally see that that deficit go lower than 30. It could go to minus 50. Like you well, can get Grayscale encapsulated fake Bitcoin for 50% off. Let's just and the price of spot could go down at the same time. Let's just finish up with the market forecast and we'll talk about all these yep. things in more detail. Sure. So Bitcoin bottom, you call 10K. Are you sticking to that or are you updating 10, the bottom? 10K would have been the bottom with a 65K top. That would have okay. been an 85% dump. But since we went up another 6%, that moves the bottom up, I believe, 6% to 10,350. I say 11K because it's just easier to hit and people like to front run my calls. And so it's just easier and safer to hit it. But really because the dollars are for the first time becoming more valuable. I mean, you see yeah. the DX at Y at 20 year all-time highs. Right. So the dollar is at 20 year all-time highs versus all the other fiat currencies. Sure. And and then, you know, isn't that weird that if you thought that the dollar sucked because everything got more expensive, imagine holding one of those other fiat currencies. The euro just a, a week ago was worth less than the dollar. 15 years ago it was 1.4 to the dollar. So the euro has lost uh, it's lost a third of its value versus the dollar, which is the same thing as the dollar gaining about fifty percent versus the euro. So if you were going to take your dollars and then buy European real estate, it's on sale, guys. Everything in Europe's on sale. Everything in every other fiat currency denominated that's not dollar is on sale. But still, I mean, so basically, what that means is inflation is destroying people that have the dollar, but it's also destroying even harder people that don't have the dollar that have other weird currencies like the euro, pound, yen. That is true. The DXY is at the highest level since uh, 2002. Um, okay, so one final question on the market for Bitcoin. You don't think that Bitcoin can revisit- I'm saying it could go lower. I'm saying, you're saying it, it could go, go lower. lower. Because you were talking about how Bitcoin's up, you know, thousands of tens of thousands of percentage points yeah. since its inception. You're right. I mean, uh, that that ha you don't think it could revisit those lows ever again? 2015, for sure example, I'm looking at $500. Can it go as low as $500? I, I, I think that- I think that 11K and pray is the right way to look at this. Hope that Bitcoin hits 11K and it's just happy to stop there. All right. Because with the dollars getting more expensive and the interest rates slowing and the risk on assets getting beat up, you could get extended performance lower than an 85% drop. You could get a 95% drop. Now, to tell you what that looks like, that's an extra 66% dip. So when you drop from 85 to 95, you would have had 15 left over, but now you've only got five left over. And so you got another 66% dump. So it's, it's an interesting way to look at these drops. So like you could see Bitcoin down at 4K, 5K, sure. You could see Bitcoin at 5K because the dollar is getting more expensive. So I say 11K and pray, but you know, if the stock market gets hard enough, you could go down more. But it all cancels out, right? Because look, yes, yeah. your your crypto went down, but all the stuff you want to buy went down too. So it cancels out a bit, you know? 
You you texted me actually on Twitter. You DM me. You said that uh, fiat foreign fiat is death squared, quote unquote. Yep. What do you mean by yep. that? Well, you're getting beat up by inflation, and then you're getting beat up by you can't even keep up with the dollar. So the dollar's getting murdered, and you're getting murdered. So the dollar's getting murdered, and you're getting mm. murdered versus the dollar. So you're getting murdered twice. So okay. be you know it's it's like I said, if you were holding euros instead of dollars. You got beat up for an extra third. Why do you think foreign currencies right now? Years. Why do you think foreign currencies right now are not performing as well as they could be relative to the dollar? Like I said, the dollar is at the strongest level since two thousand and two. Just reached parity with the euro since two thousand and two. So it seems these, like these the guys don't. Yeah, they don't. Name a product made in the UK that you buy. Name a product made in Russia that you buy. Apple, nope. Samsung, nope. Uh, Sony, nope. You're just like, they don't make anything good. So if your country doesn't make anything good, why do you think your currency will be good? For what reason would someone want to buy your currency? So if you have weak exports and weak production and weak GDP, why would anyone want what you've got? America is a powerhouse of productivity. You want the best electric cars in the world? They're made in America. You want the best computer chips in the world? Made in America. Well, they're technically the best, made in uh, China, but yeah, yeah, I see your point. <laughs> well, they're actually not. I mean, most of the semiconductor fabs are in. Uh, they, they're they're in Costa Rica. Intel's got fabs in Costa Rica, Taiwan, South Korea. Mm-hmm. Like TSMC is all over South Korea. There's yeah. actually very few chips made in China. As a matter of fact, they even they even reduced that even more by like banning Huawei and like there's like geopolitical things making it hard to make those chip fabs. Well, just very quickly, um, I think monetary policy could also push up, uh, you know, foreign currencies. Right? Let, let, let's let's take the euro for example. Suppose they the just ECB- raised rates for the first time in in eleven years by right. half a percent, which, by the way, isn't even keeping up with what the United States Fed is doing because they just raised rates by three quarter of a percent. Sure, sure. And so, as long as the Fed is increasing interest rates higher than these other weaker currencies, obviously the weaker currencies will get even weaker. So you would have expected more bid support at the parity of a of a dollar historically on the euro, and it just it's a very weak bounce. You know, it's like one point oh one eight now. I think right. You you okay? Let's talk about the uh, all right. That's that's a great uh, recap of the uh, FX market. Thank you. Let's talk about hex now. We'll, we'll start with the performance. Sure. So like you mentioned, yep. it's down about eighty ninety percent. Uh, it peaked yep. around last uh, September. And um, and it more or less followed the uh, market. Now you had said on my show last year you said that hex is decorrelated because the majority it's decorrelated from the rest of cryptos. You said because the majority of its liquidity is tied to the dollar, not tied to a cryptocurrency. Hex is decorrelated from Ethereum and Bitcoin because the majority of its liquidity is tied to the dollar, not tied to a cryptocurrency. Most cryptocurrencies move up and down together. Not because I'm an evil mastermind where there's someone saying these are sympathetic products, so they should trade similarly. It's actually just because they're bonded by the liquidity in their trading pairs. Can you explain that? Is that a view you still hold? Well, yeah. I mean, so historically, Hex's liquidity, like when Hex first launched, it was tied primarily to Ethereum. And then it was tied primarily to USDC. And then some will came along and tied it to Ethereum. But then that will went away. It's tied back to USDC again. So... It's really up to the market participants on what pairs they want to provide liquidity. And so if you look at Hex versus Bitcoin, Hex is up versus Bitcoin 250 fold. Now, today, as we speak from January 5th of 2020, it's up versus the dollar 
250, what is it? Two, it's 25, God darn it, whatever a quarter of 10,000 X is, 250 or 2,500X. So the, the returns are still absolutely insane. And, and that's the thing is it's like, okay, if Bitcoin's going to drop 75, Ethereum's going to drop 85, and Hex is going to drop 95, which one of them do you think is going to get up the hardest? Let's look at Bitcoin. In, five, in the five years from the all-time high of 2018, 2017, at the end of it, early 2018, till uh, five years later, Bitcoin did a 3.5x its all-time high. It went from 20K to 69K in five years. It's trash. It's like, it's absolute garbage. And the, and the, in two years, Hex went up 10,000 X. So like you used to be, so let's take Ethereum. You used to be able to get 2000 Ethereum for one Bitcoin when they had their crowd sale. Now you can get, uh, I think 14. And Bitcoiners don't understand they're getting slaughtered. You're like, hey guys, uh, we know how to read price charts out here in reality land. And you used to be able to get 2000 and now you can just get 14. You, you me, in our... In a, in a recent yeah. podcast, you said that uh, Bitcoin whales are centralized scumbags. You said they're scummy people. They're just going to <laughs> sell it. Uh, please elaborate. Sure. You can only get 13 Ethereum for Bitcoin now, by the way. Um, you used to get 2,000. Okay. Bitcoin wrecked. So a lot of these uh, large entities in Bitcoin are true scumbags. So for instance, when I told you that like, uh, you know, Grayscale holds 3% of all the Bitcoin, that's the opposite of what Bitcoin is invented. That is a centralized counterparty that can choose to just not pay you. Uh, and then there's a, there's a website that tracks all these like industrial entities that bought big Bitcoin bags and they have 7% of the total. Well, okay. And so like Mt. Gox, Mt. Gox holds 141,000 Bitcoin. What's the only thing they can do with them? Sell them or give them to other people that will probably sell them. That's it. Uh, how did they get those? Through fraud. The guy ran a, a fraudulent fractional reserve exchange that got hacked and had huge errors. And then, so he's got 140K. The guy already dumped, he used to have 280. He already dumped half of it. So that guy was dumping back when Bitcoin was 10K. He was helping push the price down to, to 3K in 2018. Mm -hmm. Who else has lots of Bitcoin? Oh, the Bitfinex hacker. He had 70,000 Bitcoin. And now the United States Department of Justice is trying to sell them apparently, instead of giving them back to Bitfinex where they came from, because, hey, I don't know, maybe the DOJ doesn't like crypto, I don't know. Uh, and then who else has a bunch? Ross Ulbricht of the Silk Road fame. Don't even know how many of the government seized from him, but they want to sell his stack too. And so you have all these giant, giant... Now, by the way, when I say 70,000 Bitcoin, do you know how much money that is? Let me, let me do that math real quick. 70,000 times 22,000. That's $1.5 billion. So the Bitfinex hacker was sitting on $1.5 billion. The uh, Mt. Gox people are sitting on $3 billion. And these are all going to hit the market. And if they don't hit the market, they'll go to individuals that may hit the market with them. This is all very bad for Bitcoin. You believe in supply and demand? This is a lot of extra supply. Yeah, I see what you're. I manner. see what you're saying, uh, uh, Richard. But I mean that that logic can't that be applied to any asset? I mean, in theory, nope. if large entities buy hex, I mean, if those entities you mentioned buy hex and they're majority owners of hex, wouldn't that same logic be applied? I mean, if hex was nope. owned by just a few separate, just a few small entities, people nope. just dump. No, nope. explain. Explain. It's a it's a totally different thing. We're talking about the quality, not the quantity. Okay. So has an exchange hacked uh, 
$1.5 billion. Is there an exchange that got hacked that's sitting on $1.5 billion of hacks to dump? Nope. So the, the, the losses in Bitcoin have been gigantic. So the, the, and it's the quality of people. Because Hex has been primarily not on these centralized exchanges, it hasn't been exposed to these giant hacks. Because where do the giant hacks come from? The giant hacks come from stupid people that don't know why crypto was invented, putting their coins in someone else's wallet, not their own. So let, let me give you a list of places that have been hacked. Bitfinex, Binance, uh, like almost every exchange has been hacked at some point. And so like, because Hex hasn't been on those things, it hasn't gotten portions of its supply sucked off into to evil wallets and criminals' wallets. Okay. Small, small little bits, one by one, individuals getting scammed, sure. But not massive industrial, everyone gets screwed at once scam, okay. like say Celsius. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to touch on that. So uh, we're going to yeah. wrap up the uh, first segment of our interview about markets. The second segment will focus on Hex in more detail, and we'll talk about Luna and Celsius and some of the other uh, crashes that have happened this year. Uh, okay, so you mentioned uh, Bitcoin being potentially dumped. You know, you know, there's a claim that Satoshi's still out there. Majority stakeholder of Bitcoin hasn't sold the Satoshi coins. We don't know who it is. Well, now, let me just throw out some theories for you to address. Vitalik uh, <coughs> Buterin, who was the founder of Ethereum, said a few years ago that the NSA could possibly be behind Bitcoin. Is that a plausible theory, you think? No. The NSA writes good software, and Bitcoin historically wasn't written to their standards. Furthermore, you know, Mt. Gox isn't sitting on any Ethereum to dump, and they're not sitting on a hex to dump. And Ross Ulbrich wasn't sitting on any Ethereum that got seized. And the Bitfinex hacker, I'm not sure if he got any Ethereum. I didn't hear about it, but I know he doesn't have any hacks. So, like, it, so these vulture capitalists, by the way, you know who owns a lot of uh, Bitcoin? Chamath Platipia, or whatever his name is. The guy that runs all the bad SPACs that get wrecked. And uh, Tim Draper, maybe he's a better VC. And, uh, you know, A to Z and all these, all these venture capitals and vulture capitalists, those guys own a lot of Bitcoin. They don't own a lot of hex. You know, you know uh, somebody, somebody, a critic might say to you, Richard, well, that's in itself a compliment for those larger protocols because a lot of people want to hack them. Um, you know, nobody wants to hack hex because nobody cares. How would you address you that criticism? Well, it's up 250x versus Bitcoin now. I mean, it's yeah. worth billions of dollars. Like, Ten, yeah, exactly. You it's just can't hack it. Eleven like, billion dollars. It's more secure. It's more secure than Bitcoin. How like, is it more secure? Actually, Can you explain. How is it more secure? Sure. Yeah. So Bitcoin's had two inflation bugs where anyone could mint as many free coins as they wanted. One time they did. They minted a 140 billion extra Bitcoin. Oops. They had to roll the chain back. This was in 2010. More recently, three years ago, they had another inflation bug caught by a Bitcoin Cash developer. Bitcoin Cash lull is down 99% versus Bitcoin. Um, and he could have just minted as many free coins as he wanted, but instead he responsibly disclosed it. And so the most dangerous bug in cryptocurrency is, quote, inflation bug, where you just mint extra coins you shouldn't. You just mint free money. Let me give you a list of coins that have had these bugs. Monero, Bitcoin, XLM, Ravencoin, Bytecoin, uh, AVAX. They've all had inflation bugs. Why do they keep having these problems? Because their consensus code isn't locked and isolated in an immutable, unchangeable thing like Hex's is. Hex's consensus code, which decides how many coins go to which people, 
is locked and isolated and immutable. So you can't accidentally screw it up. And so all these other coins have accidentally screwed it up over and over and over again. But Hex is a safe within a safe. We have an extra safe inside the blockchain that mm-hmm. protects the, the counts so that no one mints any extra free stuff. It's just more secure. Okay. So stay tuned for part two. If you're watching this right now, we're going to talk in detail with Richard about how Hex generates yields and how it generates its very high APYs. But just to close off segment one, explain how Hex works because it is a protocol that you sure. founded. Uh, it's so, like you said, it's secure. Now I'm just wondering, um, well, I'm wondering a lot of things, but yeah, explain, explain just in, uh, for, for those of us who don't know what Hex is, mm-hmm. what is the mission of Hex? Why did you design it the way you did? So Bitcoin tried to be digital cash. Cash is about $5 trillion printed. Time deposits is $7.2 trillion. So time deposits is a larger market than printed cash. So Hex is the best and first attempt at turning time deposits and monetizing time, putting that on the blockchain. So what's like the second, what's the most popular product at your bank? Savings account. Okay, what's probably the second most popular? Time deposits, which is just a savings account plus a time lock. They pay you extra interest. So all Hex is, is Bitcoin with a proof of work change. Bitcoin inflates to reward miners to destroy the environment and dump the price, period. Hex inflates to reward stakers to lock up coins and protect the price. That's it. There are two coins that inflate single digit percentages. One blows up the environment. One protects the price which is perhaps why our price slaughters Bitcoin's price and Ethereum's price slaughters everything. I mean, we're up uh, you know, 75X versus Ethereum now after the dump. We're up 250X versus Bitcoin now after the dump. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, I, don't, I don't understand why people have like such a hard time getting hacks. It's literally just Bitcoin with a proof of work change. Bitcoin inflates to reward miners. We inflate to reward people to lock up their coins. That's it. It's uh, on your on your website. Uh, it says that uh, Hex is the first certificate of deposit or fixed deposit on a blockchain. Okay, what, how, how does it how does it work like a CD? Well, it doesn't. So it's just like how does Bitcoin work as a currency? It doesn't. Um, how, how does like monopoly money work as money? It doesn't. So it's 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 highly volatile. Is a CD at your bank highly volatile? No. Is the seat at your bank pay you a million percent interest? No. Okay, but <laughs> does why, does, why does it use that analogy? People stake. No. Why do you have because that analogy only, on your website? Only, because it's when you give your when you give your coat to the coat check guy at a club, he gives you a receipt, right? What's that? It's a certificate of deposit. Okay. A certificate that you gave him your coat. I see. And so, like, it's the family likeness test would indicate that. Hex is most similar to Bitcoin, but how? what's the most similar time locking thing that we have out there? Like if the longer you lock, the more interest you make. Well, I mean, banks do that. The longer you lock, the more interest you make. We have that parameter. As a matter of fact, we copied their parameters. So every year that you lock, they pay you about 20% extra interest. We copied those parameters because they were known successful into Hex. And so you can, it's just like, you know, all cars are kind of built the same, but some of them are used in demolition derby, but it's the same car. And so you can give people the same tool, but they're going to use it wildly differently. Yeah. And so it, it has parameters that are similar to time deposits, but it has parameters that are totally different, right? So does your time Hex, deposits a security. They can just not give you your money. Does Hex, Hex have a fixed supply? 
No, no, it keeps inflating. But here's the thing. Here's the thing everyone gets wrong. When was the best time to buy Bitcoin? When it had the highest inflation. When was the worst time to buy Bitcoin? When it had the lowest inflation. Life is counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. When was the best time to buy Bitcoin? When Satoshi owned 100% of the coins and the ownership was totally centralized. When there was no liquidity. When everyone called it a scam. That was the best time to buy Bitcoin. And then people look at Hex and they're like, oh my God, the ownership centralized. Oh my God, it's not that many places. Oh, oh no. Uh, and you're just like, yeah, these are the same parameters Bitcoin had when it was the best possible opportunity. And so when you're looking at inflation rates, what matters is, is the inflation being sold? Because that's what price cares about. The, the inflation in Bitcoin has to get sold to pay for electricity wow. and mining hardware, period. The inflation in Hex does not have to get sold because you don't have the overhead of mining and electricity bills. And so if you look at what stakers have done, the average stake length has gone up and up and up and up, where I think it's like seven years now. I think the last time we talked, it was like five years. Like the, the average stake length just get, keeps getting longer. And so this is people believing in the system more and more. As a matter of fact, I don't think there's ever been a financial instrument in the history of mankind where people have locked up so much money for so long, ever. Okay. If you, if you make a 15-year stake, you cannot get out without a penalty. You can, to get your principal out, you have to serve seven and a half years. So in uh, part two, Richard, I'd like to discuss with you Hex in more detail and talk about uh, some of the uh, major events that have happened in the crypto space this year. We're currently in what some people will call the crypto winter. Uh, let's talk about Luna Terra first. So Terra sure. uh, destabilized. It's, a, it's an algo stable coin. It got destabilized early in the year. Luna, mm-hmm. the coin backing Terra, uh, completely plummeted to zero. Now Doquan mm-hmm. launched you know, Terra 2.0. Uh, but mm-hmm. t- Terra Classic, uh, yeah, that plummeted to basically zero. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, overnight, might I add, overnight. So one of the issues is that there's no supply cap. Basically, it had to be inflated to infinity to prop up the stable coin that it's supposed to be backing. Of course, it failed to do that. That's why both collapsed. Um, let's talk about what happened there. Sure. So reflexivity is this property where when a thing goes one way, it wants to go that way even more. It's like uh, a cascade. And so in crypto, when the price goes up, people want to buy more. And then the price goes up, so they want to buy more. And then the price goes up, so they want to buy more. And then it gets punched in the nose hard enough. So for instance, this time, Vitalik and the Ethereum Foundation sold the top, dumped on your head at 5K and murdered the price at 5K, like they did last cycle as well. And, uh, you know, price went down. And when the price goes down, people want to sell. And so the price goes down, the people want to sell. And then you get the force sellers who have to sell because they took loans and now their collateral isn't worth anything anymore. So they have to get liquidated. And then they're like, oh, ha liquidation exists. I never thought that this stuff could go down. And so three hours capital gets liquidated and uh, Celsius is bankrupt. And these other lenders have gone bankrupt because- their worldview just didn't understand that, yes, this stuff goes down. My worldview, I've been here so long, I've seen it drop 85% over and over and over again. I know this stuff goes down. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's in the game. It's an opportunity. So with Luna, it had this extra parameter, which enhanced reflexivity, which was the higher the price went, the lower the supply would be. But the lower the price went, the higher the supply would be. And so it amplified your upside and amplified your downside. Now, this particular parameter got some otherwise seasoned crypto people 
to buy dips that they didn't understand could. So Luna dropped 95% three or four times in a couple of weeks. And they just, people aren't used to that kind of volatility, even in crypto. So people would buy the dip after a 95% drop. And because it had that extra parameter of minting nearly infinite more extra supply as it went down, it would go another 95%. And it would bounce a little bit. And then it would go another 95%. And everyone that bought all those dips lost all their money. And here's the funny part. I warn people, do not short. Do not short. You will lose all your money on a scam wick. There was a company that lost $20 million. I guess they don't like listening to me. Shorting Luna. Can you imagine losing $20 million shorting Luna that went down 95% four times in two weeks? Can you imagine that? But they don't Wait, listen. how do they, they lose money? Yeah, how do you lose money shorting something that went down? Because you, because it bounces for a second and liquidates you, and then goes right back down. Okay. So the volatility liquidates you. So so even if you got the direction right, you'll get liquidated, and then it will keep going down without you. Because these scam wicks come up and liquidate you, they hunt you, and you get liquidated and buy the local top, and then it goes right back down the way that you knew it was going to go. Yes. It's so easy to get liquidated shorting. You've never seen anything so easy in your life. Okay. Can you explain whether or not Hex could ever experience, in theory, something similar to Luna? Could the well, supply of Hex be printed to infinity? No. It doesn't have that property where the supply is tied to price. The supply is the supply. It can only inflate at a maximum of 3.69% a year, no matter what. And that number is actually a lot higher than reality. Because since the average stake length is five, six, seven years, you only get that inflation at the end of your stake. And so because the inflation is delayed that much, it's delayed forever. It's like a okay. snowball. If that snowball starts out a lot smaller, it takes a lot longer to ramp it up. And since that 3.69 is on such a, a slow ramp up because these stake lengths are so long, I, I, our actual inflation rate is much lower than that. You know, Bitcoin went to 20K from a penny to 20,000. And when it was at 20K, its inflation was 3.89. So our inflation is lower now than Bitcoin's ever was on its way to 20K. And, it, there, and Bitcoin's there, used to be exponentially higher. Is there a burn rate like with, the, uh, like with Ethereum? Well, Ethereum is still net positive emission. So, you know, it, the burn just cancels out some of the emission. There's still net positive emission in Ethereum. Um, there is no... Well, I mean, it depends on what you consider a burn rate. People will accidentally send hex directly to the contract address, which locks it forever. That's a part of, in theory, a burn. People will uh, do emergency end stakes. Like a hacker will hack an individual. Like some idiot will give his keys away to some guy. Like someone pretend to be support and go like, hey, uh, you need to verify your account. And people are like, oh, fake support's here. Better give them my seed words. And they give the guy their seed words. And then that quote hacker, who's really just someone that asked you for your seed words and you were stupid enough to give them, um, which by the way, happens all the time to all coins. There's yeah. scammers forever on every platform trying to get you. And it's okay. not just crypto. They try and get you in the real world too. Um, well, anyway, that, those people will then get emergency end staked for all their stakes. Right. And then those emergency end stakes, uh, half the penalties go to the OA, the origin address, which apparently has never sold a coin. And the other half goes to the rest of the stakers that did what they said they're going to do and didn't emergency end stake. Um, so that's, you could call that a kind of burn as well. Let's, let's just say that whatever our game theory is to have perfect flawless operation for near a thousand days now and to be mm -hmm. up uh, 250x versus Bitcoin, 
and 2,500x versus uh, the dollar, it's pretty good. Game theory is working pretty good. All right. Uh, I want to talk about Celsius and then uh, yields now for both Celsius sure. and yourself. So uh, a little bit of background. Celsius Network is a uh, or was a major lender, uh, asset manager of cryptos, uh, crypto bank, if you want to call it. Uh, you could uh, deposit your cryptos, whatever they might be, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and so on and so forth with Celsius, and they pay you a yield. Now, it turns out they were lending uh, those cryptos to other institutions. Those institutions were paying them a yield for their uh, lending, and then in turn, Celsius would pay you a smaller yield. That's more or less how a financial institution, a bank works, except that yields are higher and spreads are higher in this case. Uh, the company uh, went bankrupt. Well, they, they filed for Chapter 11 um, not too long ago, a few weeks ago. And in June, actually, uh, they froze all withdrawals and deposits and, and transfers, mm-hmm. not deposits, withdrawals and transfers, citing extreme market conditions. Mm-hmm. A month later, they filed for uh, Chapter 11. Now, uh, you have actually, I, I, I retweeted the story not too long ago on my own Twitter, and you actually responded, and you said that you've been begging people to take coins out of Celsius for a long time. Tell uh, us about yours. that. I invented a product that generates yield while you hold your own keys. No one can screw you over. There is no counterparty risk. There is no middleman. You mint your own coins. You mint your own rewards, and you're the only person in the world that could possibly do it. Okay. What does everyone else do? The opposite of why crypto is invented. They want to take your keys from you. That scumbag piece of trash, Mashinsky, who went on your show and uh, tried to get people to part with their keys, who said that Hex was a scam, right? Oh, Hex is a scam. Hex is a scam. Oh, yeah. Hex is a scam. Uh, We're doing great and you're bankrupt, buddy. Okay. I'm just going (laughs) to... You, on your website, uh, I'm just gonna, let, let's explain how the hex staking works and how that's different from uh, uh, maybe something else. So on your website, sure. it says hex stakers get rewarded for locking up their hex mm-hmm. for time periods of their choosing. It's not it's yep. not obligated of their choosing between yeah. one to five thousand five hundred fifty five days, about fifteen years. The yield mm-hmm. consists out of a yearly three point six nine percent inflation, which you talked about. Bonuses like the historic big payday and penalties. Okay, so somebody looking at this from the outside, Richard, might ask, okay, well, if I lock it up for 15 years, what mm-hmm. is the ch- wh- what is the chance that I won't get my money back after 15 years? I mean, 15 years is a long time. How can you guarantee yeah. a, a hexagon who locked up their, 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 their hex that mm-hmm. they will get their money back after the end of the locking period? No one can. No one can guarantee that. I don't know that the planet will be here in 15 years. We're going to be struck by a meteor. Like it's nonsensical question. What I can tell you is you would have got a million percent returns had you bought January 5th of 2020 and held to like eight months ago without staking at all. You don't have to stake at all. But if you did stake from January 5th, 2020 until say eight months ago, then you would have made like 1.5 million or 1.4 million percent returns instead of 1 million percent. So staking is totally, completely optional. And the vast, vast, vast majority of the gains comes from the USD appreciation. So if you don't like long-term horizon thinking, don't stake. But the people that do get outsized returns. And by the way, you can stake with a ladder. You can stake a little bit for short time, a little bit for long time, a little bit for medium time, a little bit not at all. It's, it's, I think it's stupid to just have one giant stake that ends far in the future if you want flexibility, you know. Um, the, the issue is if you buy that flexibility, you're getting a little bit less yield because longer pays better. I'm just and, curious as to what the percentage yeah. of uh, total hex held um, is, is, is staked. Do you know? 
Under 10%. I think it's like 9, 9.5. Okay. That's the reason the yield is so good. If more people stake, the yield would be lower. Right. They're inversely proportional. If 100% of people stake, the yield would just be 3.69. Yeah. But because about 10% people stake, that 10x amplifies the yield. So another thing is, I want you to imagine that Bitcoin had launched. Everyone called it a scam. Satoshi owned all the coins. You bought it at a penny. And you were able to lock up your Bitcoin for 10 years. How happy would you be right now? How few people in Bitcoin actually got to ride that 690 million percent gain? Barely anybody, because they all sold because they were smart when they thought they were smart when they sold on a double. But then it doubled again and 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 again. Hex doubled 13 times. Bitcoin doubled more. And so people think they're smart selling their futures. Nope. In crypto, it goes up a lot higher than you think is possible, and it goes right. down a lot lower than you think is possible. Okay. Um, let's talk about uh, your yields now. You uh, Hex claims to pay an average APY of over 40%. Is that true? Well, it depends on when you staked. So right. if you got in when the share rates were lower, then you could be getting 60% right now. Like if you had a 15-year stake and you got in when the share rate was the lowest, you're making like 60% APY. Right. If you got in like now and just did like a one-year stake, I think you might be at 15%. So there's like various calculators people put out there. And so, you know, how long you stake for and at what price you get your shares, it makes a big difference. And the share price only goes up forever. That's how we simulate compounding interest. So if you're, if you buy a Bitcoin mining machine, the value of that mining hardware goes to zero because it becomes obsolete because smaller processes that are more efficient come out and you can't mine at the energy cost anymore. You'll just lose money. The opposite is true in hacks. When you get your shares earlier, they become more valuable over time, not less, because the share price in hex terms only goes up. So, you know, I think the share price now is roughly three times higher than it was at launch. Okay. Um, in hex terms. Now, your APY is still high by uh, you know relative standards to other protocols. I'm just going to play but, you a but little. But that APY is a lie. It's actually millions of percent. We're just we're telling well, you that's... the APY in hex terms, but you have to multiply that by the USD gain. The yeah. actual APY is insane. The number's so large, I don't even want to tell it to you. So when you go up a million percent and you made another forty percent on that, that's 140 million percent. I'm just so going like, to play you up. It's, if, you, if you're scared by 38, I bet the million really scares you. <laughs> I don't think anyone's scared. I think they're just wondering how that's <laughs> generated. So let's talk. So uh, I'm, I'll it's play just you, Bitcoin I'll, with less negative externalities. It, it's just the same stuff Bitcoin did, but more efficient. I want to play you a little clip of uh, Alex Mashinsky. It's an interview I did with him uh, seven months ago in December. I was with him in person. Um, and I asked him about yields. And this is what he had to say about protocols that generate high APYs. Take a listen. I mean, that sounds... 20 to sounds too much. 20 sounds too much. 10% up. is there. Uh, it sounds still reasonable. sounds too good to be now true. Now I'm the, I'm the reasonable guy now. Now that everybody else is uh, throwing yields around. Are there any risks to this strategy? Because why can't I, why isn't anybody else doing this? So not all yield is created equal. Right. Just because uh, we are using safe protocols doesn't mean somebody else is using the same thing. Ah. So okay. when, if somebody's <laughs> offering you a lot, 20%, I would be very careful digging into why and how they're paying it. This is what he said. If somebody's offering you a lot, 20%, I would be very careful in and in, in look into how they're paying it. So uh, I'm just going to let you respond to that. This is a piece of trash that tried to get your keys from you and did. 
that told you that it was doing was safe. It wasn't that, uh, advertised his product as a good alternative to a bank. I'm the guy that tells you crypto drops 85 and 95% relatively often. I'm the guy that posts the price chart with all the dips measured. Look at this dip. Look at that dip. Look at this dip. Look at that dip. He's the guy that lied to you. He's the guy that's bankrupt. He's the guy that screwed a lot of people out of their futures because they took home equity loans out and they mortgaged their houses to buy his quote safe product and lost all their money. So, I'm a self-help author who's got two self-help books you can download for free that gave away hacks free to Bitcoin holders that uh, is now doing the world's largest free airdrop with Pulse Chain that has 100% perfect flawless operation for about 1,000 days now. Right. The price went up 10,000x. I can't win any harder. I called the top on the day. I can't win any harder. I've run out of things to annihilate. Like... I don't know what I could do to show more dominance in this industry. Well, well right now you can explain how you generate your yields, exactly how the yield uh, well, I don't. Uh, staking mechanism. I, 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 it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the, the demand exceeding the supply. Why do the stake lengths keep going up? Because people believe more and more in the system. Why does the price keep going up? Because the amount of people that want the coins exceeds the amount of coins that are available. It's really that simple. It's supply if, and demand. If let's say today, hypothetically, if let's say today nobody mm -hmm. else buys any more hex, yes, the same could you exact still thing pay, would happen. Could to you hex? still pay? Could you still pay yields to your current stakers? You understand that you're okay. This is a very important concept for you. Get. Yeah, please. You have to understand this. You take a piece of paper and a pen, and you draw yourself a picture of a pony. And whereas before there was no pony picture, magically through the fruits of your own labor, there's now a pony picture that okay. you can put up for sale. Hacks. There's no hacks until you, with your private keys, mint your own hacks through the fruits of your own labor. You're the only person in the world that could possibly do it. You're not getting paid by anyone else. There's no middleman. There's no company. There's just you. You are generating your own hex coins from thin air, just like a Bitcoin miner. So the Bitcoin network rules reward Bitcoin miners for blowing up the environment. The hex network rules reward hex stakers for staking their coins for time. So we mine time, they mine electricity. The good news is time is infinite. Electricity is not, the environment's not. So while right. they're blowing up the environment, you're just delaying gratification. The most successful proven uh, investment strategy that's ever existed and how many people would have wished that something would have forced them to not have weak hands on their Bitcoin investments? When something has product market fit, time in the market matters more than market timing. When, when you buy a scam that just goes to zero and stays there, time in the market doesn't help you. So if you have something that has product market fit, it has a walled garden, it has a niche, it has a community, it has a logo, it has a brand, it has mm -hmm. a unique benefit statement, it's on-ramping new users, Sure. It's it, time in the market is what's going to kill. And it, it's, it's when I say kill, I mean, do well, right? So imagine if you'd bought Hex two years ago, you'd be up 2,500X right now. So it's just, it's like this, this idea of what happens if everyone sells at once, it goes to zero. What does that apply to? Everything, gold, houses, stocks. If everyone sells, it goes to zero. Okay, what if no one buys anymore? It goes to zero. What if there's a solar flare? I don't know, maybe it goes to zero. What if, what if zombies attack? 
probably zero. It's just a stupid question. So when you have the world's best performing asset class, and particularly the one more secure than Bitcoin that has a flawless, perfect operation yeah. for a thousand days, I'm going to take that one over all the other trash that's getting ra- hacked and wrecked and bankrupted constantly. No, I just I'm not saying I'm not saying if everything everyone everyone sells all crypto can go to zero and stay there at any moment. No, I understand. You can also have a heart attack while you're listening. I'm not I'm not saying everything's gonna sell. I'm just so you're the way it works is I buy hex, I stake it, I mint my own APY, right? Can you just explain the code behind that? Well, sure, yeah. Like it's it's Bitcoin with proof of work change. (laughs) Like I get I can't say it more clearly. The network code says Okay, do you have hex? Okay, yes. Okay, did you lock it? Yes. Okay, how long did you say you were going to lock it for? Okay, did you lock it for close to that long? Okay, are you early? You're going to get a penalty. Oh, are you late after a two-week grace? Okay, you're going to get a penalty. Mm -hmm. All right, you didn't end early. You didn't end late. Cool, then you get to mint free extra coins. You You mint your principal from scratch and you mint your reward from scratch. That's it. And now you just created... New coins out of thin air that never existed before. And and here's an interesting fact. When you deposit your coins, they don't actually get deposited. They get destroyed. Very important concept. I'm going to turn to the concept. I'll tell you why. They have laws around this stuff. Yeah. So isn't it much better to not have any custody, to not have any vending machine, and to just destroy the coins and mint new ones out of thin air? Yes, it is. Smart guy, Richard. Smart guy. I'm going to turn to the community now. There's some smart questions that came in for you as well. Uh, this one came in from a user called Dime. Ooh, Hi, a hold question. On. Before, before we do it, before we do it. Yeah. When people ask me that, when is it going to go to zero and how will I lose all my money? I like to do the other side and go, what happens if it goes another 10,000x? What if it becomes a global reserve currency? I like to, I like to do the parade of imaginary horribles to the other side mm-hmm. because there's a lot of upside. There's only 100,000 stakers right now. That's not a lot of stakers, man. A lot of, lot of potential. All right, go ahead. Uh, question for Richard Hart. Can you see Hex ever being listed to Coinbase or Binance? Would he like them listed on there? Thank you. I, how can I say this? There are certain companies that email me, and they, at the bottom of their email, say that this communication is protected and under NDA and don't share this communication. And so... I'm not sure if it's binding because I didn't sign any NDA. So I can remember. Uh, so let's just say I receive emails uh, from large companies that I can't talk about because of NDA. I would like it to see listed on crack and I'd like to see it listed on Coinbase. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see it listed all kinds of places because the other things that they have listed get their users destroyed and their right. loser, their users lose all their money. Yes. So hacks would prevent that horror. So a lot of these places listed Luna. Luna went super duper duper to zero. How did that help everybody? No, everyone got wrecked. They would have all been way better off in Hex. Okay, Same with so- Celsius. You put money in, you bought Hex, you can sell your Hex anytime you want. No one can stop you. This you bought an- Celsius, you're locked up, buddy. Sorry, stuck, <laughs> bankrupt. This is an interesting question. Uh, similar lines of thinking stay, came in from someone named uh, Stay Golden. Uh, why do you think Hex has actually been kept out of mainstream media and hidden on sites like CoinMarketCap when coins like Doge and Sheep are marketed no. on the front pages? Look, there's already a lawsuit about that. So Hex can already brought a class action lawsuit against CoinMarketCap for lying about our market cap forever. You can't have a coin 
you can't have a ranking site that ranks things based on their market cap and then not rank ours and just pretend it's not there. Our price goes up, we're at 201. Our price goes down, we're at 201. That's actually Anything another happens. question. Why do they do that? that why does CoinMarketCap always list hex at because exactly 201? Because they're not good at their job. They're literally not good at their job. Occasionally, they don't gatekeep us properly and we appear on the front page where we belong. Yeah. Oops. Okay. And then they, they get around to patching it and, and screwing us and sticking us lower again. They're just lying. Like, don't pretend to be a ranking site and then not actually rank things and then f- manually force things on a third page while you constantly list things that go to zero on the homepage, yams, zero, mm-hmm. Luna, zero, all types of crap to zero. And so here, there's something called the scam industrial complex. Real quick, who can afford to market to you in crypto? People that take money from you. Okay, who takes money from you? Exchanges that want to beat you up with fees. Margin trading houses that want to see you get liquidated and lose everything. Mm-hmm. YouTubers that promote referral links to margin trading exchanges where you're going to lose everything. And uh, how does the user benefit from something like volume? Volume is how you measure how much the market makers and exchanges are victimizing the users. Users don't make money on volume. Users make money on price. Price go up, user get rich. Price not go up, user not get rich. But market maker get rich. Market mm-hmm. maker loves arranging price. Mm-hmm. And so- I, I see these people that have everything so backwards. They want to see more volume instead of less. How much volume does the Mona Lisa have? Low volume, so is a crap asset? No, great asset. How much volume do houses have? Oh, extremely low volume. Bad asset? No, traditionally good asset. Right? What, what's Apple's uh, turnover in volume versus its market cap? Quite low. Good asset? Yes, good asset. And so people want volume, but they shouldn't. They want uh, middlemen, but they shouldn't. They don't want to hold their own keys, but they should. And, and I have to just try and educate so many people on better ways to do things. Yeah. And so like when you talk about, and this is another thing, there's only 100,000 stakers. How long do you think that will last? It, it, that number keeps going up every day. Every day there's new stakers. Every day there's new addresses. Every day there's new people hearing about it. Everything's right, going want- great. I want to get through as many questions as I can. A lot of them yep, came in. Yep. Um, this one uh, came in uh, on my Twitter page. Uh, so oh, by the way, I- the scam industrial complex. Hex deprives those guys of all their money. How is the how is the exchange going to make money on you when you locked up and you can't get beat up trading? How is the uh, YouTube affiliate going to make money on you when we don't have a referral program? How is the Coin Market Cap website that sells ads to guess who uh, margin trading exchanges? How are they going to make money on you if you're, you're locked up just making mad gains and hacks? So the scam industrial complex is not a friend of hacks because hacks cures all those ills and empowers the users instead of the scammers. I'm here to protect you, not some company. Uh, this one came in from uh, a user on Twitter. Ask Richard who owns the Hex Origin account. Well, you're not supposed to know. It's not publicly known. Worked out it- good for Bitcoin. Who's Satoshi? Price went up six hundred and ninety million percent. Is it is it you, Richard? Nobody knows. Not publicly known. I tell um, you that that origin address seems to be the world's number one baller holder to have never sold a coin. You do the chain analysis on that origin address, unlike Vitalik and the Ethereum Foundation that dumps on your head, and all the founders of everything else except Bitcoin that dumps on your head. Apparently, the origin address is like the world champion of never selling. Apparently. 
Well, can you can you comment on how much of the uh, hex market cap currently around eleven billion dollars is your own? No, I never talk about my finances. There's no upside to me. People, right. it's rumored that I'm a billionaire. If you say so, guys, I would I would never confirm or deny it. Yeah, I'll come back to that later. Um, yep. This is a question about Bitcoin, actually. We talked about Bitcoin a lot, but I haven't asked you this. So Samuel Van Dam asked, what price level is not profitable to mine BTC? Do you know? Yeah, it moves constantly. So mm-hmm. there's a retargeting algorithm that every two weeks, which technically actually is a number of blocks, but it's usually two weeks. Sometimes blocks come faster and slower, which is why I add that nuance. Um, so basically, as the price comes down, it becomes less efficient to mine. Some miners have to turn off their machines, the ones that aren't as efficient on electricity. That's the thing I told you earlier about where the inefficient machines get turned off first because they can't afford to mine profitably with electricity costs. And then once the algorithm notices that the blocks are coming in slower because there's less mining hash rate, it lowers the difficulty so that it's easier to mine again, which makes it you know more profitable to be a miner. And then, so basically the Bitcoin hash rate tracks the Bitcoin price. So is the cost of Bitcoin mining tracks the Bitcoin price. And when okay. it becomes unprofitable mine, you just turn your miners off or enjoy losing money up to you. <laughs> if you like losing money, you can just turn your miners off and buy somebody else's coins. And then you'll have more coins than just lose than mining at a loss. You know, it's just interesting how I'm looking. So by the way, I, I pulled Twitter. I got like over 300 questions uh, wow. submitted. I can't read all of them, but uh, there, there are so many supporters of you and there are so many doubters. It's just a polarization on my Twitter feed. This is not a, crazy. This is not a question. This is a comment, a positive comment. Sure. It says, David, it would be great if you could have Richard on as a regular monthly guest to give commentary on the overall crypto market. He's easily in the top 1% of the smartest people in crypto. So well done. Well done there, Richard. Um, I think I'm a, higher up, but I mean, it sounds okay. <laughs> All right. I'm well, way higher up. Just take the just take the 1%. Just take the 1%. <laughs> this is a negative way comment. Higher. So I got to be fair. I got to read you the negative comments as well. Ask him yeah. how does it feel having a successful Ponzi scheme? You've yeah, been I called a Ponzi one. before. Please address this it. one more time. Yeah. <sighs> a Ponzi scheme <laughs> is run by a central counterparty that scams you and defrauds you and lies to you. You give him your money. He says he's going to give you back more, but then one day he doesn't and you lose your money. In Hex, there is no middleman. There is no counterparty. There's just you. You mint your own rewards and the market decides the price and there's no middleman. Sometimes the price goes up. Sometimes the price goes down. So far, it went up a million percent in two years, two and a half, two, two years, under two years. Uh, So... You know, it can't be a Ponzi, literally cannot be a Ponzi because you're the only person in the world that owes yourself anything. You owe yourself your yield. You mint your own yield. No one else gives it to you. You give it to yourself, just like drawing a pony picture, just like being a Bitcoin miner. Except being a Bitcoin miner, you got to fellate electricity companies and fellate mining hardware manufacturers. And Hex, you don't need to do either of those things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I want to a make jokes, of- but they're too spicy. <laughs> I was going to uh, say you we- can just have to fill it yourself, but you have to remove a rib. So the, the, the issue is the three claims that people make are Ponzi, pyramid, and bubble. Okay, let's talk about these. Yeah. Ponzi has a middleman. X has no middleman. Cannot be a Ponzi, period. Uh, p- 
pyramid, multi-level marketing. Do you right. get paid bringing someone else in the system a commission? No, you do not. A pyramid has the maximum number of middlemen between product and service and user. And so it's extremely inefficient. There's a What are the middlemen in Hex? There's no middlemen. There's you minting your own yield. And then there's the market deciding a price. It's the absolute most efficient minimum middlemen possible. Not, a, not an MLM, not a pyramid, not a Ponzi. Can it be a bubble? Yes, it can. It just dropped 95%. But guess what, homie? When you go up 10,000X, that 95% just cancels out of 20X. So you're massively up from earlier. And you know what else has done a lot of 85 and 95% dips? Ethereum did a 95% dip. Then it went from 88 to 5,000 after a 95% dip. Uh, Bitcoin dropped 85 all the time. I got into Bitcoin at 30. It dropped down to two. That's a 93.5% drop. Then it went up to 13 and down to 266. Then it went up to 20K and down to 3K. Then it went up to 14 and down to 3,800. Then it went to 69K down to 17,600. Volatility is the price you pay for the world's best performing asset. So Bitcoin dropped 75, Ethereum dropped 85, Hex dropped 95. Which one do you think is going to get up the hardest? Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of people want to know about Pulse Chain. Uh, what is Pulse Chain? When is a launch? Sure. A lot of people are asking that. Yeah, well, Pulse Chain is the world's largest free airdrop. We're going to reduce Ethereum's fees by basically doubling their capacity or more. Um, we fork the Ethereum system state so that all of your coins get copied on the new chain for free. You can go play with those coins now if you want. Go to pulsechain.com. Go use the test net. You can go trade those coins for fun right now on the test net. And we're just waiting for the devs to you know, improve a few things, higher throughput, more security. And uh, then we can go to mainnet. It's, it's just software's hard, right? If you want truly secure software with perfect flawless operation, it takes a while to get it right, you know? And Hex took a long time to get right. And that's the reason Pulse Chain, we've been at it for over a year now. Um, probably longer. We've probably been at it okay. for about a year and a half. Uh, and we're close, man. We're so close. If my devs were dumber, we would have already launched. But because my devs are so good, it takes longer because they catch all the things. They're like, hey, you know, this, that, this, that. You're like, ah, yeah, you know. Um, so it should be miraculous because it can reduce the gas fees, which are too high. It can give us higher throughput. It can save the environment. Yeah. And it's got better tokenomics. It burns the coins. So 25% of the fees are just burned. And, and top of VIP 1559 as well, which also does burning. So I'd have to estimate how much extra burning that'll do. And so we've got PulseX, which is our fork of Uniswap, which does fee burning, no inflation, only deflation. We've got Pulse Chain, which has deflation only and fee burning in protocol. It's really awesome. Like we're going to soon have vertical integration. We're going to have Pulse Chain consensus network, PulseX trading, Hex value storage. We've got a wallet uh, being built now as a MetaMask replacement. That's nearly complete vertical integration. The only thing that's missing is fiat on ramps and off ramps. That's it. I mean, it's pretty awesome. Um, okay, we've got a f- time for a few more, and then I, I'll, I'll let you go. I've kept you long enough. Thank you for your time, by the way, Richard. You're very generous with your My time. My pleasure. Thank you. Um, uh, now, uh, so we've talked about Pulse Chain. Um, you tweeted to me, DM'd, you said you bought $10 million worth of watches, $3.5 million worth of cars. I'm just curious. I'm a big watch fan myself. What, 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 which watches do you own? Well, you own a lot well, of them, I mean, but what, what do you, you talked about the one you're wearing now. You've got, do you have sure. some behind you? You usually have a, a, a watch winder wall. Well, uh, 
I decided that I shouldn't keep so many watches directly next to me as like a bounty to like violate my physical security. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I keep most of them uh, in a secure location, not near me. Like right now I've got this million dollar uh, Rolex Daytona rainbow with diamond bezel face. What's your favorite piece in your collection? Do you have one? I I think the GMT master two SARU is still my favorite. I mean, this Casino Jacob & Co. that's 650K is pretty cool. It's yeah. real chunky. It's like 47 millimeters, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is, like, I made money on all my watches. So my $10 million in watches is up in value, some of them quite a lot. Most other people's portfolios didn't do as good as my, like, ha-ha-ha flex on other people hobby. <laughs> like, I also own the world's largest diamond. Do you sell your watches? Though. Do you buy them Never. to flip? No? Okay. I mean, I, I called the top on the watches and I was right about it. And so if I were in that market, uh, sure, I would have dumped them. Yeah. But the issue is that I invent things that become worth billions and billions of dollars and save people's lives. And so it's better that I optimize for those things, which affect hundreds of thousands of lives than it is to just play a small market, you know? Uh, like, how? How do you how do you save people's lives? Well, yeah, I know you. Let's talk about your charity, but sure. I'll, I'll let you answer that question. Well, I've I've produced free self help books for years, long before you know anybody knew I was in crypto. I uh, called the top on the day, and I've done that more than one cycle. Did it in twenty seventeen. Did it now. I uh, gave away free hacks to Bitcoin holders. I'm giving away free Pulse Chain to everyone that has any coin on Ethereum, including Ethereum itself. Yeah. I raised $27.5 million for medical research. Pulse Chain raised that. Um, yeah, I mean, I get messaged. I, I have free videos on how to stop drinking, stop gaming, stop gambling, have better relationships, give better apologies. And so I've I got a lot of people to stop playing poker, a lot of people to stop trading. Mm. I've I've have thousands of messages of people that tell me that. I've greatly improved their lives. I mean, we've had hacks has actually caused people that were suicidal to stop being suicidal because it shifts your focus into the future and you have something to look forward to and you're part of a community. You know, when you've got people that are locking up for 15 years at a time, so many people are locking up for 15 years that it brings the average to seven. This community is never going to be broken up. They're going to be there till the end. And these stakes keep opening. And like this, it's a powerhouse machine that we built. I mean, and we're all, mm-hmm. we're immune to so much of the trash that happens to everybody else. All these guys are getting wrecked on these lending programs, not hexagons. All these guys are getting wrecked when exchanges get hacked, not hexagons. So I post in a lot of threads. I keep a running thread of all the things that have failed in crypto. And it's so long that your finger gets sore scrolling through it. You're like, wow, that's crazy. Billions of dollars lost to bridge hacks. Oh, isn't that cool that when Pulse launches, your coins are already on the other side. You don't have to bridge. Much more secure, isn't it? Oh, isn't it cool that Hex doesn't require you to give a contract permission? Is you just sign at will? and You never have to worry about the contract going evil or anything? What a better design pattern. Oh, isn't it cool that Hex is gas efficient with caching and bitwise shifting? Uh, and you just go through and like everything's better and better and better. And it just, you got to try it to understand how much better it is. Go to go, like, try it. I want to close off by just talking about your own personal growth over the years. I mean, you, you yourself have just said, you know, you've done a lot of things differently back then. You're doing things differently now. There are things in the community that, uh, well, things that you do that the community don't appreciate and that you stop doing. Oh, yeah, the um, outrage marketing, yeah. 
you know, so I, I'm just curious as to, you know, what inspired you sure. to, I guess, better yourself personally over the years, if you want to, if you want to call it that. Life's not fair. So, I mean, like I've done everything. I've done all the Tony Robbins events. I've walked and burning coals. I've jumped off telephone poles. I've, you know, been on helicopters on top of uh, volcanoes. They're making a documentary about me that should come out before the end of the year. You'll see me racing my thousand horsepower Ferrari and uh, driving monster truck with eight wheels and just doing all types of crazy stuff. I get more news articles about eating $600 per spoon caviar than I do about raising 27 million for charity. I get more news articles about buying the world's largest diamond than I do creating a coin with perfect flawless operation, a million percent price performance in two years. Life is not fair. People will only pay attention to me if I'm outrageous. It's not fair. It's disgusting to me. I don't like it, but it's the world that we live in. And guess Mm -hmm. what? I'm built for that world. I'm loud. I'm outrageous. Here's my $20,000 $20,000 glow in the dark bag. Here's my $50,000 Louis Vuitton bag. Here's my $350,000 snake bracelet from Bulgari. Yeah. You know, it's if the world wants me to do these things to get attention, you know, previously I talked about my PP size, but the community complained enough little crybabies. <laughs> During the bear market, no matter what marketing you do, people are like, oh, it's not working. You're like, well, Dude, do you it's feel like, like, do you feel like you need to do these things anymore? I'm just going to close on this comment. I don't this really is have a, to, but I'm in this it for is glory, a, man. This is a scathing critique of your, um, I, I guess, your uh, extravagance, if you want to call it that. Uh, this came in from a user on my Twitter who goes by the name Tennis Pro. He's not using his real name, but it says, prior to Hex, you would frequently slander Musk and Bezos for not putting money into research to save themselves and their families. Yet now you're more wealthy. You use your money in far less productive ways than these individuals, watches, cars, etc. Do you intend to put your money to curing aging? And he says, raising money for charity is not the same as directly donating yourself to charity. Oh, God. How would you that respond to so that? so stupid. I, I volunteered for the Sense Foundation in like 2007 when no one ever heard of it before. I, you know, I, I knew about it long before Vitalik donated to it. I knew about it long before Sam Bankman fried donated to it. You know, I was invited to be on their board of directors. It's... It, for a guy that's probably donated zero dollars himself to say something to the guy that raised 27 and a half million is wild to me. Mm. I believe that if you don't invest in medical, like live forever or die trying. Now, as a fat guy, my personal growth has mostly been at the scale. Um, you know, as a fat guy, I need a pill to save me or I'm just dead. So we better get them pills coming along. Here's the good news. If you get the pills to work right, it helps your family. But if you drop some weight, it doesn't really help your kids. It doesn't really help people 10 generations from now. And so eventually we'll cure aging. The question is whether you'll be alive to see it or not. It would would suck to be the last guy to die from polio before it was cured. Mm -hmm. It really would. So it's, I I find that highly insulting as the self-help author that gives away free coins, free books, raised 27 and a half million for charity called the top of the day. I prefer to be worshiped to tell you the truth as the best person in this industry rather than get smack talked by nobody. A lot of people, nobody's and or otherwise smack talk you. I guess that's part of the game when you're a yeah, public figure. Um, you do have a lot of supporters. So to all the supporters and the haters alike out there, what is your final message to the crypto community? What are you trying to, you're talking about curing stuff. What are you trying to cure in crypto? Not your keys, not your coins. Cryptocurrency was invented to get rid of metalmen and counterparty risk. If you do not have possession of your own keys, if you've given your keys to someone else, if you've given your coins to someone else, please take possession of them. 
where you will be one of the headlines. So right now I'm talking to all you guys again, there will be another large hack. There will be another large bankruptcy. Some large portion of you dum-dums that are listening that just can't take my good advice are going to lose your money. Just like the other dum-dums that got wrecked by Celsius and wrecked by other similar entities. I, I can't say it enough times, not your keys, not your coins. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want free self-help books, go to t.me slash scivive. If you want, uh, follow me on Twitter. I got a quarter million followers there, twitter.com slash richardhartwin, youtube.com slash richardhart, instagram.com slash richardhartofficial. You know, I'm really here to save you. I've been rich and retired since 2003. So it's about 20 years I've been retired now. And by the way, I live in the same place. Have you noticed that? So 2017, Richard, same place. 2022, Richard, same place. So I, my cup is already flowing over. Like I, I, I spend so much money at Louis Vuitton that they send me a Christmas cake and they send me Easter chocolates and they fly me out to Paris and put me in a hotel for fashion week to try and sell me more stuff. Let me know what they're doing for you. Nothing, because they don't like you as much as like me. I've run out of stuff to buy. I'm in this for glory. And glory for me means the best performing assets, the highest uptime, the best community, you know, and as far as aging goes, there's still other things on the, the checklist, mm. the save your butt fund that invest in things that might save your life, but also you can get rich on. I want to do that. It just has to happen after pulse chain. So my other kind of longevity initiatives and maybe political initiatives, like I would like to start my own country in about six or seven years, but this all has to come after pulse chain. You're going to so you're you're run your own country. Well, Wait, I'm not what? sure run it is the right word, but you're going to start you know, your own country. I well, think that there is a, I think a lot of people are very unhappy with the way their governments are treating them. Okay. And I think that you can edge out an economic free zone like Shenzhen used to be in China, Hong I Kong see. used to be. You can edge out an economic free zone and, and get some preferential treatment, tax, you know, and then work your way up. To, to trying to buy yourself out of this horror. The, a lot of governments are not fair to you, man. And, and it would be nice if there was an option. And it gets worse all the time. Like, like if you're an American and you want to travel in Europe, you can only travel 90 days at a time. And then you have to go 90 back out. People don't realize that. They all overstay their visas. And so every new country that gets added to the Schengen area, which I think is 26 countries, was 27 when the UK was in it, I think. You know, it means that your vacation is that much shorter because it's one less place that you can bounce out to. I see. So you can, so like, your your ability to travel is lower and lower. Like like everything's basically everything in the world is getting worse, except the stuff that I'm building. Cryptocurrency is one of the only things in the world can truly return the power back to the people. Everything else is is getting worse. Your your ability to travel wrecked, and the, the Canadian government seized funds from people that bought sandwiches for other people for a political protest. They literally shut down the bank accounts of people that bought lunch for other people. That's disgusting. And, and so we see governments reducing your freedom. I mean, this central bank digital currencies, they want to make programmable so that they can decide what you can buy and what you can't buy. And so they're going to want, they're going to let you buy all the insect protein you want, but not let you buy hamburger meat because they think that that's better for the carbon quotas. And so you're going to get like your, you won't have money anymore with the central bank digital currencies. You'll have coupons and the coupons will work where they want them to work. This is disgusting. This is the, and you know, human privacy is a human right. How are you supposed to have privacy when you've got to use Visa, Visa and MasterCard to buy anything? 
How are you going to have privacy when your data is being sold by everybody for everything? I mean, even the United States government buys your location data to get around the Fourth Amendment from unreasonable search and seizure. They just buy it from private companies. And they're just like, oh, we didn't do it. The private companies did it. Cool, right? And like everything is getting worse everywhere. You've never had less choice in banking. You never had less choice in uh, any service. When's the last time you got to call somebody and get a human? Oh, you don't like how your Gmail's working? Try and call someone. Oh, your account got canceled? Try and call someone. You're not their customer. You're their product. So cryptocurrency and the things I'm building are some of the only good things I know going on in the world. Like it, it's the world kind of sucks right now. Perfect. All right. Well, Richard, I got to let you go. You've been uh, very generous Thanks, with man. your time again. So thank you. Uh, thank you for being here. And I like to have you back on again at some point to talk about the My crypto pleasure. markets whenever, that, uh, whenever they move. And uh, thank you again. And thank you for watching Kitco News. I'm David Lim.